Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to thepetecalendarshow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Oh, yes. So let me do this. So I, Well, I've got the Burger King story, but apparently it goes back like a, like over, like almost a year ago. This Burger King guy who retired. And look, this story touches close to my heart because I worked for one summer at a Burger King and I became employee of the month. At the age of like 16, I was employee of the month at a Burger King on Long Island. And I had I got good memories from there. Even the night we got robbed, I had good memories. I met a guy named Christ. For real, his last name was Christ. James, I think Jim. Yeah, something like that. Whatever. Um, so I do want to talk about the Burger King thing, but I got all of this other info, all these uh, these this audio. So I'm going to do this story first. I'm going to do these these clips first, and then we're going to get to the Burger King story. Okay. So NBC is terrible. Okay. Now that that's out of the way, they do a quote fact check. Now I've got two audio clips here, and this is not look. And if you hate Ron DeSantis, whatever, I, this is not some sort of like pro Ron DeSantis thing. This is an anti NBC thing. Okay, this is how NBC does you. If you are a Republican or somebody that, well, yeah, Republican, this is how they do you. So let's take a listen to the report, a portion of the report that Dasha Burns, Dasha, Dasha Burns, Dasha Burns, reporter, whatever. She uh, interviews Ron DeSantis about a number of items, packages it up into a, I think it was like, probably like a nine-minute piece or so, 10-minute piece. So they covered a lot of territory. But here was the part on Ron DeSantis's abortion, where he signed that abortion bill. I think it was the six-week ban, right, or something like that. Listen to the way she reports it, especially the very end, okay? The governor has implied the issue should be left to individual states. So would you veto any sort of federal bill that tries to put a nationwide ban in place? So we will be a pro-life president and and we will support pro-life policies. Um, I would not allow uh, what a lot of the left wants to do, which is to override pro-life protections throughout the country, all the way up really until the moment of birth in some instances, which I think is is infanticide. Uh, Well, actually, I got to push back on you on that because that's a a misrepresentation of of what's happening. I mean, that 1.3% of abortions happen at 21 weeks or higher. There's no no evidence of Democrats pushing for abortions up until... But their view is is that all the way up into that, yet there should not be any legal protections. uh, There's no indication of Democrats pushing for that. Much of the DeSantis pitch to voters... So did you hear that, the very last little part there? Let me see if I can zoom ahead or back it up here. Listen to the last little bit as they're going, as they're She's saying, oh, I have to push back. 
Oh, there's no indication of Democrats pushing for that. It's pushing for but, but their view up is, until their view is, is that all the way up into that, yet there should not be any legal protections. Uh, there is no in indication of Democrats right, that pushing you're, you're for right. that. Well, yes, that. Much of the dis- Did you hear that? What was he about to say there? Ah, luckily, I've got the full interview. And just the relevant portion here. 1.3% of abortions happen at 21 weeks or higher. There's no evidence of Democrats pushing for abortions up until... Their view is is that all the way up into that, that there should not be any legal protections. uh, There is no indication of Democrats pushing for that. Well, yes, they are. They've done it in California. They've done it in other states. They have Uh, not instituted that policy. Yeah, they have. Yeah, they have. Uh, They basically will say that, you know, if there's some type of, like, they'll use like different ways to really have a, it's, have a it's wide extremely exception for rare it. 1.3 percent and in those circumstances they're typically extremely emotional decisions well, no i mean I, I i don't say that that's the norm in terms <laughs> of this but i do think that the left in this country has moved on from a position that said you know what we do want to discourage abortion it's not something that's a good thing to now viewing it more as a positive good for society and i think most americans regardless of how they feel on legal protections i don't think most americans think it's a positive good for society it's obviously a tragic circumstance all right so there was a lot more to that answer that he gave that nbc left out of their story right first off he says in some instances that his original statement was that he would not allow what a lot of the left wants to do which is to override pro-life protections throughout the country let individual states decide for themselves And that's when he throws out the all the way up really until the moment of birth in some instances, which I think is infanticide. Up until the moment of birth in some instances. And then she's like, actually, I had to push back. That's only 1.3%. Oh, so mm, like uh, 1.3% would be in some instances. No? Would that be some instances? I think like 1.3% seems to me to qualify as some instances. Not a lot, but about 1.3%. Some. Yeah. And here's the, and then he says, yes, it has happened. She's like, oh, oh there's no indication of Democrats pushing for that. Mm, also not true. Also not true. He specifically mentions California. Abortion in California is legal up to the point of fetal viability. An abortion ban was in place by 1900. By 1950, it was a criminal offense. In 1962, the American Law Institute published their model penal code as it applied to abortions with three circumstances where they believed a physician could justifiably perform an abortion. And California adopted a version of that code. In 2002, California passed a law guaranteeing women the right to have an abortion prior to viability of the fetus or when the abortion is necessary to protect the life or health of the woman. And what does DeSantis say at the end of that longer cut that NBC cut out? He says that they can take the term and use it to cover all sorts of stuff. And this is what he's talking about. Because when you say the life or health of the woman, health of the woman is all-encompassing. And you have abortionists who use the ambiguity of that statute in order to allow for abortions up until the point of birth. That's how that happens. 
See, that's how that happens. And they think they're they think they're like too clever by half here, I guess. Like, oh well, you know, we'll just say life or health of the mom. And then, oh, we'll get some, you know, psychiatrist or therapist to say, oh, you know what, if she has this kid, then she's gonna be, you know, depressed. And so kill it. Okay, sign off on the abortion, done. And if you want to implement that rule in your state and go right to hell, but don't pass go, then you go right ahead and do that in your state. What DeSantis is saying that you can't do that nationally. You don't get to set that up as a standard for every single state to have to live under. Now, that being said, where the reporter Dasha or Dasha Burns uh, says that there's no indication of Democrats pushing for this. Behold, RFK Jr. Would you sign a federal protection to protect the rights that were in the Roe precedent if you were president? I believe that a decision to abort a child should be up to the women during the first three months of life. So you would cap it at 15 weeks? Yes. Or 21 yes. weeks? Yeah, for three months. So three months. You would sign a federal cap on that? Yes, I would. Okay. So not unlimited access to abortion, as many in the Democratic Party. I think the states... uh, Whoa, 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 whoa. Unlimited access to abortion, as many in the Democrat Party say. That's what she said. And this is Ali Vitali. Not kidding. That's her name. Or maybe it's Ali. I think it's Ali. Ali Vitali from NBC News. Exact same outlet. So NBC News, when when pressing RFK Jr., and he says something that is actually in a, a position that most Americans agree with, which is, no, you know what, after the first trimester, that's a kid. And he says that. She then pushes back on him and says, oh, so, okay, so not base, you know, not abortion whenever. As most Democrats want, as most Democrats say. There's more. There's more to this. All right, more on that in a minute. First, let me tell you, the Heritage Life Skills event was fantastic. Every year, Bill and Jan Sturette organized the event to help people get educated on how to be prepared for anything. The Sturettes own Carolina Readiness Supply, 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials you'll need for any kind of emergency. Food, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies, because being prepared is just smart. The Heritage Life Skills event brings education and vendors from all over to help people do just that, I was honored to be able to be a small part of it. And whether you're an experienced prepper, have no clue what you're doing, or maybe you're somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you in Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? All right, so NBC News, two different reporters. In one interview with Ron DeSantis, assert this reporter... Dasha Burns asserts that no Democrats are pushing for abortion on demand, unlimited restrictions. And then another NBC reporter is interviewing RFK Jr. And when he says he thinks, you know, a a, a three month cap on abortions, first trimester cap on abortions, that that which, by the way, like the viability standard, that was Roe. So when they ask him about codifying Roe v. Wade. And he says, yeah, viability, first trimester. He's he's talking about the same thing. And this used to be 
where the Democrats were. But when he says it, she now presses him and says, well, that's not where the Democrats are. So, okay, so you're for these restrictions, unlike the Democratic Party. Which is it, NBC? What is the truth here? Let me re-rack this RFK audio and start it again. It's kind of difficult, you know, because it's RFK Jr. and he he has that, you know, vocal cord paralysis uh, issue. It's also a noisy place. And by the way, when you listen to what RFK is saying here, keep in mind, he completely retracted all of this afterwards. Would you sign a federal protection to protect the rights that were in the Roe precedent if you were president? I believe that a decision to abort a child should be up to the women during the first three months of life. So you would cap it at 15 weeks? Yes. Or 21 yes. weeks? Yeah, for three months. So three months. You would sign a federal cap on that? Yes, I would. Okay. So not unlimited access to abortion, as many in the Democratic Party. I think the states... Uh, there it is. You know, once a, a child is viable outside the womb, I think then the state has an interest in protecting that child. That is, that supersedes... And, you know, I think that the state has an interest at every level, but at some point... I don't, you know, I'm against, I'm for medical freedom. I think individuals ought to be able to make their own choices. Which is why I'm surprised to hear you say you cap it. Well, because, you know, I think at some point you'd say, uh, the state, I would personally not. I think the states um, have a, a, you know, have a right to to protect a child once the child becomes liable. That right increases... And I think there's very, very few abortions that are performed after that period of time anyway. That's Most true. abortions are performed during the first three months of life. And I think that's when, uh, you know, I feel I, I fought harder than anybody in this country for medical freedom. What, what, what is he talking about? What is the concept that he is talking about? He doesn't articulate it as such, but he gets close. It is, when do rights obtain? Okay. This is the central question. But the media always frames it however they need to frame it in order to set somebody up to try to corner them into this unlimited access. She tried it with him, and he caved. Afterwards, a spokesperson said, quote, Mr. Kennedy misunderstood a question posed to him by an NBC reporter in a crowded, noisy exhibit hall at the Iowa State Fair, clarifying that the candidate's stance on abortion has always been the woman's right to choose. Kennedy does not support legislation banning abortion, end quote. Completely caved. And no, that's not what happened. He didn't misunderstand a question posed to him. They were having a conversation. And now he's trying to backpedal because, oh my gosh, you're going to lose the Democrat primary because you didn't say unlimited access to abortion. So here's a Democrat who actually believes that the state has a compelling interest in saying rights obtained for that fetus at the first trimester. And he had to immediately, his campaign had to immediately bail on that. Dude, you're done. You're done. 
All right, now you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouch's Military Surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. Got this message from Jan in an email uh, talking about the term, the life or health of the woman. Does that mean leftists are suddenly claiming to know what a woman is? (laughs) No, of course not. Any birth in person. It's a birth in person. Right. Or, yeah. Um, in a related story, let's go up to Ohio. I mean, not actually go up to Ohio, because why? But uh, Ohio rejected a measure known as Issue 1 on Tuesday last week, keeping a simple majority to amend the state constitution. You may have heard about this really after the fact Nobody was really paying much attention outside of Ohio to this. I don't even think I was aware of it until uh, that day. So what they were trying to do is to change the state constitution so it's harder to change the state constitution. Okay, so like in North Carolina, for example, if we want to amend our state constitution, how do we do it? You got the legislature, right? They put up a referendum, we approve it like voter ID, Democrats sue, 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 sue. And then eventually we win and then we can amend the Constitution. Okay. So that's how North Carolina's rules work. Um, Ohio has a very similar process. I'm not going to go into the details, but it does include a portion where you go to the voters. And this was what they went to the voters to ask, do you want to change the state Constitution to make it harder to change the state constitution, okay? So a yes vote would have increased the difficulty instead of a majority of the public voting for something, a straight-up majority, 50% plus one, versus what the amendment was, which was to take it all the way to 60%. The special election was being closely watched because of its implications for a coming referendum on enshrining abortion rights in the state constitution. Abortion is currently legal in Ohio up to 22 weeks. A six-week abortion ban signed by the governor back in 2019 was put on hold in December. Anti-abortion attorney General Frank LaRose, a Republican, certified the signatures to place an abortion rights amendment on the ballot in 2023 for November, It prevents the state legislature from interfering or unduly burdening those seeking or providing abortions. Okay, so that's that's where this started. Okay, no restrictions, you might say. Unlimited access, you might say. Right, that's where this started. So Ohio is one of only 18 states that allows for petition-initiated constitutional amendments. We can't do that. They do. So. You get enough petitions uh, uh, signed, you can then get this on the ballot, 
And if enough people approve it, then it becomes part of the state constitution. So do you make it harder to change the state constitution knowing that the left is trying to make abortion unlimited? And they want that put into the Constitution. So that's what happened. Well, they lost. The conservatives lost. It's going to stay at 50% to amend the state Constitution. Now, they have another chance here. November, right, at the next election. They've got the opportunity to vote this change down. Will they? I don't know. Shane Harris, who is a... See what the title is here. I think he's a consultant of some sort, a writer and political consultant from Southwest Ohio. And he wrote at AMAC, which is the Association of Mature American Citizens, right? It's like the it's the it's the conservative version of the AARP, but without the discounts. No, I'm kidding. I don't know if they have discounts. I don't know. Anyway, it ended in objective disaster for Ohio Republicans. And another state-level defeat for the pro-life movement, he says. It was a 57 to 43% vote. They overwhelmingly rejected the ballot initiative. Republicans in Ohio called the special election earlier this year after a well-funded group of pro-abortion organizations were successful in getting an amendment on the ballot that is like unlimited abortion. And so what this effort was was to try to jump ahead and raise the standard to the 60% threshold and therefore make it harder for the pro-abortion amendment to pass. That was the idea. So now all they have to get is 50% plus one in November. And in Ohio, like I said, abortion is legal up until about 22 weeks. And even that is not good enough, right? It's got to be through birth, which remember one NBC reporter said, is the Democrats' position, and another NBC reporter said is not the Democrats' position. So everybody's clear on that. Okay, two main problems. Two main problems with this vote that occurred last week. Number one, structural flaws in the ballot initiative itself. And number two, poor messaging. Convincing voters to make a change to a what appears to be a less democratic process, right? You're saying... Okay, simple majority rules right now. Simple majority wins the day. Okay, let's change that to 60% wins. People generally don't like moving in that direction. They like making it more common. I mean, sorry, more, more, uh, yeah, more, more democracy. Making it more of just a simple majority. So this way, you know, they can win. Because the people, I mean, look, honestly, if you're in a state... Like, you're in a state where you know 65% of the population, let's say, is anti-abortion. Right? You don't want a simple majority vote on that. No, no, no. If you're in that state, you would want the 60% threshold, right? If you're, This is what I mean. Like, it's the same thing with redistricting, and they talk about fair maps. No, those are just maps that let them win more races. That's all. So that was the first problem. It gives off this impression that the Ohio Republicans are trying to change the rules at the last minute because they kind of sort of work. All right. The second problem is the messaging. They failed to message to voters on what issue one exactly was about. The left was just hammering home that a no vote was a vote for abortion rights and protecting democracy. And the right, the Republicans, they're like, vote yes to protect values 
and preserve the people's power and defend Ohio's constitution, blah, 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 just vague. You don't have any idea what any of that means. What? There was no consistent explanation for why a yes vote aligned with conservative values, even though the state's becoming more and more red. Trying to dance around the abortion issue was also a mistake. Because the net result was pro-abortion voters knew exactly what the vote was and how they should vote on issue one. But pro-life voters were not so motivated to turn out to vote in favor of it because the Republicans didn't want to attach abortion to this particular item. So this guy, Shane Harris, political consultant in Ohio, says, yes, it's a setback, major setback for the pro-life movement. The fight is not over, though. Conservatives in the state can still mobilize for the actual abortion amendment on November 7th. So step one in that effort is going to be developing a clear and concise messaging strategy on why the amendment is so dangerous and extreme. This is why I implore people to adopt this question. When do rights obtain? For the child. When do the rights obtain? It forces the conversation to be about the thing that it is really about. There is a tension between the rights of the parent, the rights of the mom, the birthing person, and the fetus, the child. There is a tension there. And the left would have you believe that it is only one person's rights at play, and that is a lie. And when you ask the question of when rights obtain, you force the you force a discussion on the actual question at hand. Let me get Charlene onto the program. Hello, Charlene. Good afternoon, Pete. Listen, I have a problem with this abortion thing because the woman has made a choice to lay down and have unprotected sex. Mm-hmm. If she gets pregnant, why should the baby have to pay with its life for her careless and irresponsible behavior? So the argument that you would hear in response to that assertion is that birth control fails, um, you know, whether it's uh, uh, condoms or the pill. Some people can't take various kinds of contraception. Some people have uh, medical issues that don't allow them to take uh, certain kinds of contraception. And so it's not their fault. They relied on the, the contraception and it didn't work. But it's, it's their fault because they decided to have sex. And perhaps out of fornication, I don't know. Maybe unmarried. What would happen if those of us who are believers would stop affirming fornication and checking? Would that help the abortion situation? It just might. Well, I don't know. There's not a lot of people. A there... baby should not have to pay with its life, even if they made a mistake and it didn't but if the uh, birth control didn't work, the baby should not have to pay with its life for the woman laying down to hell. Right. See, so, so, and this is the problem with this argument. That is the argument uh, that I've heard from pro-life uh, uh, people for years, in my entire career. I've heard that argument. And, and, I, and, and I, like, I don't have a, an answer uh, in response. I already gave you the only other answer that you could have. Uh, from that is because you're arguing abstinence and what the other side would then say is like, that's unrealistic. What about rape and incest, right? There are all these other hypotheticals. And that's why I say these are arguments that are designed to fail from a pro-life perspective. The question is, when do rights obtain? And you obviously believe that rights obtain at conception. No, correct. Right. So that's, that's where the argument is. 
And for anything beyond conception, you're going to be a no. You're going to say no any point past conception. But I'm not you... going to say no if the woman's life is in danger or if there has been a rape or incest. Those are exceptions, Pete. Those so, okay, well, all right, well, then let's explore that for a, a quick moment. Rape and incest. So why does the baby have to pay the price for the actions of the adult male that raped the woman? Because it was not a deliberate act. It was on his part. It wasn't on hers. No, I agree with you there, but it was on his part. But again, the baby is being, but the baby is being forced to pay the price for the actions of an adult, of one of the parents. I agree with that argument, but uh, Pete. But at the same time, when one lays down deliberately to have sex, and they get pregnant, and you you know that could happen, why should you have the privilege? of killing the baby, paying with its life. See, but here's the so problem. You don't have to be bothered. But the, 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 the hypothetical that you've outlined, the argument you're outlining, is the exact same argument in the case of rape. Why is, because you're asking this question, and you're not making an argument, you're just asking a question, which is, why does the baby pay the price? And when you ask that question, then I can ask the same one for the rape and incest. Again, it's deliberate. It is deliberate. It's the same in both cases. The baby is paying the price. And that's true. Then maybe, maybe we need to put forth a law or something that says, even in those instances where it is, it is not deliberate, there should be a special case. Because when we lay down deliberately, knowing that that, that pregnancy could happen... That's on us. That's not on the child. You're asking, right? So you're asking for a personal responsibility standard, and that, again, this is why I say that, like that, that argument is never going to gain any traction, and that's why it hasn't. I appreciate the call, Charlene. It's a good conversation, but you're not going to persuade anybody to think differently about the issue. This, it's about competing rights, and it always has been. Um, I appreciate the call. Thanks everybody for hanging out. We'll see you tomorrow. Brett Winterbull's up next. Stick around. I'll, yeah, I'll be back tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone. Thank <laughs> you.